Hi, it's Kika Dubose. I represent Peace. You are now tuned in to the Unconventional Christian Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Unconventional Christian Podcast. I am your host, Ladoon Thompson, and today we have an amazing guest, the youngest franchiser in the United States of America, Hakika. You want me to call you Hakika or you want me to call Kika? Hakika, because I don't hear that. No often. one calls you Hakika, yeah, yeah. right? Because that's how I met her. It's Hakika. I've known Hakika for over 16, 17, 18 Jesus. years, something like that. It's, we go back. So, <laughs> so yes, welcome, welcome, Hakika. Thank you for having Kika. me. Kika. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What's the deal? So, wait, first of all, um, Kika is definitely somebody that was super requested to have on the unconventional Christian podcast after having her on the prayer room live. And so it's only right that I have you here today so we can discuss your journey to, um, opening, um, Kika stretch and, you know, taking it, scaling your business to the next level and how faith played a part in that. So (laughs) before we get started, let me go ahead and, um, Start this with a prayer. Okay. Father God, thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you for guiding and leading us into the space, for blessing us to be able to come on this platform and discuss and, and fellowship together. We're asking that you sit us down and you stand up. You lead this conversation and you bless us today and bless those listening and let this be of service to someone today. And help them and whatever it needs to help them with. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes. So, Kika, just, you know, just give us a quick rundown on who Kika is. Yes. So, thank you so much for having me again. Um, Kika Wise, I am a professional dancer turned entrepreneur. Um, I went to school. I studied dance. I went, I danced and acted professionally in New York and then I opened a business. So I decided to scale it through franchising. And so I'm doing that. And I also teach entrepreneurs how to scale their businesses through franchising. So it's the best of both worlds. Nice, nice. So, and, and, and I'll just give you a small um, background on Kika as, high, as I know her. Um, so, you know, Kika went to Montclair State University and um, I used to be up there partying all the time. I went to Montclair State so much that people thought I actually went to Montclair State and got my degree there. I got my degree from King University. I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought you were. But I was up at Montclair all the time. But in the same token, just growing up in uh, this Essex County area in Jersey, um, we were. it was only right that we always crossed paths and things like that. I remember a couple times I used to be sitting at um, IHOP in Bloomfield I used to see you walking past, <laughs> and it was so funny. Yeah. I used to be like, "They go Kika again." Oh, that's you know, so funny. Um, remember like Khan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we always used to see you. Out there. Uh, I used to, to live over there. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So um, now we just want to talk on this journey to creating Kika Stretch Studios. So tell us about Kika Stretch Studios. Yes. Yeah, so Kika Stretch Studios, it's a one-on-one assisted stretching studio. So you lie on a mat. And someone stretches your whole body for you. So all the tension that's been trapped inside of your body for years, someone takes it out. So 
Um, I started that based on my dance training. Um, at the time, I was acting, dancing, but then I had a son who was at the time six months old. And so I was like, I kind of have to figure out something more stable. Um, I can't just be a starving artist anymore. Uh, I was like literally a starving artist. And so I was like, I need to figure something out. So I took a poll with friends and family. Should I start a business or go back to school? And of course they said, don't start a business because most people fail, blah, blah, blah. So I'm always up for a challenge. And I'm like, I've always been the type, like if you set a limit to my life, I'm going to try to break it just because you can't do that. And so I started the business. So I started with one client. I just focused on the the craft of the actual session. And then over time, I just got more clients. The word started spreading. And then that's kind of how it started. Wow. Wow. Okay. So let's, let's get a timeline on this because yes. I definitely created a false timeline. Every time <laughs> I told everybody, I was just like, yo, it was... You know, the pandemic was in February. So I was like, yo, she started in February. She got 14 of those. Oh. <laughs> I like that timeline. <laughs> it's amazing, though. But like, like you know, I, I want to give. But the most important part of this is being able to tell people how um, the journey, yes. you know, the process yes. um, from start to beginning. So what year was that? The first year you decided to start um, Kika Stretch Studios? That was 2011. 2011. Ten years ago. Yes. So this is your, you already have a 10 year anniversary celebration? Yes, I did. I took my crew, my family, we went to California. Oh, but that was recently, right? Yeah. Oh, Uh okay, cool. So even the, so Kika Stress Studios in Montclair, is that your first spot? Yeah. We were actually located down the street um, above CVS in like a little small suite. mm. And then like we had a few moves and now we're in the storefront. Cool, cool. So you took your your staff and everybody all went to California? Yeah. and you went to California for what? So I would, for, it was my a birthday. Celebration. It was my birthday weekend too. Uh-huh. So um, celebration and just to like reward them for sticking by me because when I first started, like few people believed in what I was doing, um, but they always did. So I was like, I'm bringing them on the journey with me. So we, we all celebrated together. Close to that? Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, now the journey, let me just take a second. I know. <laughs> So now 2011, you start Kika Stress Studios, right? Yes. You open up. It's just you and who else? It's me, my six-month-old son, (laughs) my mother. At the time, I was a single mother. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like in a very dark place. I was really depressed. Um, My biggest fear was to be a single mother because I grew up in that type of household and it was very hard. And so I was like, I don't want that to happen. It happened. And so I was so depressed. Um, I was talking to my mother one day and I was like, man, I wish I would just get hit by a car. Mm. So I went across the street to this store. I got hit by a car literally within five minutes of saying that. And so my earrings flew out of my ears like that's how hard I got hit I always tell people I saw like a bright light and I'm like I don't know if it was God or the headlights and (laughs) the contents of my everything was like dispersed and this is like six weeks after I had my son and you know like when you're six weeks after having a kid you're still healing yeah and so (laughs) I I was like woke up not woke up but opened my eyes on the street and the guy was freaking out 
And for me, it was just a lesson like, wow, whatever you speak comes to life. Right. So stop playing games. And at that moment, I was like, whoa, like I could literally speak life into my life, right. you know, and then the game changed for me. And wow. that's when I started thinking more positively. That's really like a perfect example of how thoughts become things. You know what I'm saying? Yes. What you speak, what you say. Um, and so that's why it's so important. Everyone is careful with the things you speak out into the world. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, um, wow. So, so much, there was so much to touch on in there. Um, now you said that one thing you did touch on was that you, you said you didn't want to, um, become a single parent. You didn't want to, you didn't want to become a single parent or have a child grow up in a single parent household. Yes. Um, how did that affect you growing up? So, <laughs> It made me like super song, super strong, like super woman, because my mother, it was me, my mother and my brother and my mother held down the household. Like I saw her as very strong. She was also an entrepreneur. So it just made me it built my strength. So like she used to tell me, like, there's nothing you can't do. You can do anything. And I actually believed her. Um, and so <laughs> I just saw I just saw strength from a woman early on. And so now when I look at my life now, I'm like, man, I would have never been able to do this if I didn't see how hard she was hustling. Right, right, right. OK, cool. Um, that's, you know, one of the beautiful things about this journey is um, a lot of people don't understand that the pain that we go through equips us for the next level. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But you got to be able to identify what that pain is for. Yes. You know what I'm saying? To be able to use that in mm -hmm. order to strengthen us for the next journey. A lot of times people sit in pain and we complain and we, um, you know, pain is a sign of growth. You know, right. people don't want to hear that because when you're in pain, it's like, I don't want to hear that. You like, just want sympathy. Yeah. I want, I want sympathy. I want this to stop. But some of us sit in that place of sympathy for too long. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Where yeah. it's almost like we make that our home. And some people live their lives in a place of always looking for people to sympathize for them, yep. to help them. But um, pain made you level up. Yes. So um, now we're moving into um, year one. You've branched Kika Stretch Studios. Um, was it? How was it? Like, was, <laughs> did you feel like you were winging it at the time? Because when I say winging it, it's like <laughs> when you tell somebody I'm doing a stretch like, you know, people like I imagine if I knew I, I was certified in dance and I knew how to stretch from because, you know, me also being performing arts, I did, you know, yeah. Alexander technique. Yes. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You could be a coach if no, you really you want to. Know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so all of that stuff and just I can imagine opening my first my first <laughs> session or two. And I'm just like, yeah, uh, <laughs> lean back. <laughs> Pull the arm to the left. Yeah. Now you're winging it. You're also looking in the book. You like this oh, yes. ninety degree angle. Yes. But, so now you're doing this, and um, um, now you're starting to see the effects of it. So, because a lot of people don't know how important stretching is to our body. Yes. And you found something that was a need that people didn't even know was a need. Yes. So I think that's one of the biggest things that entrepreneurs have to look at is being able to identify a need that people don't even know is a need and let yes. them know about it. That's yes. that's so yeah. What was that 
that step like year one when you realize what the need was mm-hmm. and now how do I scale it? <laughs> and when I look back at videos that I used to record in my living room and my mother's holding it and I'm like, hi, you should strut. I'm like dying laughing, like how bad it looked, but impressed because I still put it out there. But the first year um, I practiced on a lot of people. Like, what does this feel like? Does it feel good? Um, I memorized the stretches that I would put together and I just Mm -hmm. tested it on people. And once they were like, oh my God, I feel great. I was like, okay, I'm ready to start. So my first year, my first client, I was just like, you know, you have to fake it until you make it. Mm. So I got like a t-shirt from Vistaprint that had like (laughs) Kiko stretch or it was power stretch at the time. Mm. And so I just made myself feel like the authority. So when they walked in, they felt that and they bought into it. Um, But after the first person bought a package of a series of stretches, I was like, oh, my God, like I'm really onto something. Someone just exchanged funds for the stretching that I gave them. Right. So, right. Yeah, it was just like over time, I just started fine tuning the method. But um, I just made sure I knew what I was talking about. Right. Right. So. Um, so it's almost like not fake it till you make it. But, it's, you know, a little bit of that because. <laughs> Um, you know, as actors, the one thing is people never know. Like I, my one of my um, uh, theater professors would always say, like the audience doesn't know you mess up until you say I messed up. Yes. Until you freeze, even if you take a dramatic pause. Yes. Just don't panic. You know right. what I'm saying? Because there's that moment of panic, and I've learned that from. If you if you mess up a line, the only way they can tell you messed up a line is in your panic. Yep. So, um, yeah, and that's one of the things I, I think if you want to, you know, put out there, is even if you're, when you're faking it till you make it, just don't panic. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because panicking, um, you know, that's how you, you know, fear. Once you once you allow fear in. <laughs> it's, it, a, it's over. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it's so important to know your craft so you can always go back to the facts and mm-hmm. then sound like a professional. But when I first started, I had a table, like a conference room table, a ball and like a little yoga mat. Mm -hmm. And one of my first clients was Bobby Brown, you know, Bobby Brown cosmetics. Yeah. Yeah. They got the studio. Yeah. And she walked in and she was like, is this a franchise? And I was like, Oh, she sees the vision. And I literally had nothing like, and she saw the vision and I'm like, no, it's not a franchise. And that was like 10 years ago. So, so now, now from uh, studio one to studio two, what was the time frame on that? Uh, that was, I think it was two years. I opened a second location. Where? In Westfield. Okay. So Westfield has been around for a long time too. Yeah, it has. Okay. And so I owned that for a while and I was going back and forth. But one day, like I was so tired from just doing the most, I pulled over into a McDonald's parking lot with my son and I just took a nap. <laughs> it was like before I checked on the second studio. And at that time, I was like, I can't do this by myself. So yeah. I have to figure out like another way to do this. All right. So how did you start uh, determining um, how I can balance like teamwork? Like how can who like how did you determine who was going to be a member of your team? So the manager of the Westfield location, I sold my first franchise to her. Mm. Um and so it's also important to recognize talent, the talent that you have. And 
if they're starting to get to a level where you can't support them anymore, where you're like, you're so good, I fear I might lose you, you have to give them another opportunity to grow. And so for me, she was so good. She was um, managing the studio so well. I was like, if I offer you ownership, would you take it? She was mm. like, yeah. And so her and her husband bought the first franchise and like tripled the sales Fire. after they purchased it. Wow, wow. So now... Now that's 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 a bar right there because a lot of people don't know that like a lot of people fear like when somebody's so good within their company instead of empowering them yes they try to um, micromanage them yes and instead of basically saying I'm going to offer you an opportunity of ownership within this company and give you an opportunity to you know help me make money you know we're yeah. making money together together you know right. what I'm saying it's never. Like a lot of times, uh, my my old pastor used to say that a lot of times um, that people don't understand when the light, when two of you are on a stage, when the light is on you, when the light is on you, when when the light is on one person, it's a bright light. But when they when in order for them to light up both of you, they have to put double the light on both of you. So yeah. now there's more. Uh, attention on both exactly. of you. But a lot of people are always thinking like, well, if the shine is on me and this person comes on, then the shine is going to lessen. No, it only doubles. Exactly. It's like a scarcity mindset and you have to share. Like, look at life. There's few things you can do by yourself and just maximize it. So you have to find ways to help other people grow and that's when you truly reach success. Right. So, that's what I learned early on, so I've always been about that. Right. So now, after two, now we're going into three. <laughs> what was your third one? So I tried a few different ideas, like, oh, let me let somebody open here out of this gym or out of this um, fitness center, and it never really worked. And so I went online and I searched franchise consultants mm -hmm. and I called like the top five. And the first person that got back to me was the person I went with. And he basically like broke down the franchise game to me, taught me everything. And he was like, you could totally do this. And so I decided that day to franchise. Mm. And, you know, I was hesitant because people were like, oh, it's so hard, like, it's horrible. I'm like, how is it horrible when these major brands are like doing it every single day? So I decided to actually do it because I would also, I saw my competitor, um, they were about to franchise. So I was like, well, I have to put myself on the same table. Are they black owned? No. Okay, cool. No. You're not saying anything. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I was. <laughs> <laughs> Please, no. Even if. No. <laughs> no. So that's what made me really like level up. Like, OK, I can do this. And that's when I decided to franchise. Mm, OK, cool. Um, now, what does. So now in the process, now you've gone to from since 2011 to now. Now you have how many uh, stretch studios in your franchise? So we have 13. OK, 14 mm -hmm. is on the way. Yeah. Cal Cal Calabasas. Calabasas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever think <laughs> that this person who's starting this stretch studio in Montclair with my six-month-old baby, and now you're looking at it like, wow, now I have a 14th one that's opening in Calabasas. It just, like, became a business, and I was like, this is a business. Like, my whole intent was just to feed my family, you know? Right, right, right. And then... I was like, it's a business. And I was forced to do all these business things. And I'm like, I never wanted to be in business. 
I never wanted to worry about all the analytics and all these things. I just wanted to make money. But um, as it became a business, I was like, okay, I started looking at it differently. Like, all right, well, I'm this deep in, I got to keep going. And so what's funny about Calabasas is during the pandemic, I was like strategizing a whole bunch of things. Like we were shut down for three months, all our locations. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to put my hands in everything. Like, what can I do to survive in case this pandemic takes us out? Right. And so I'm looking online for spaces in California. It was a dream. And that's, I actually own that one. Um, it was a dream to, oh, that's, that's yeah, yours. it's a company owned. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so it was always a dream to be there. So I'm looking online in house money, y'all in house <laughs> money. I'm looking online and I see this dope space and I, I'm looking at the price like what? And so I actually signed the lease during the pandemic, like mm. while it was happening. Scary. And so, scary yeah, scary. people see, right. But for me, I was like, oh, nobody like all my compet well i only have two competitors which is not a lot considering um but they were all shut down and they were just like giving up hope so i was like let me open up while they give up hope and yeah, let me that's a so risk. we're still not open yet because california is like a whole it's been a big delay but we're almost so, open well, because of covid because of COVID, yeah, the, it's just been like a big delay but we're almost there so when we open you're gonna have to come out <laughs> Calabasas is I don't have you been there before? No, I've never been to Calabasas. I, I, God. This, it sounds like um sounds one of these like Greek mythology <laughs> cities like right. that you've never <laughs> been to. But I, I mean I, when you hear Calabasas, I think I think Kim Kardashian, I think Kanye West. I mean it's, I think like like, you know, creme de la creme. It's everything that you think it would be. And that's the crazy thing. Is it expensive? You, is it expensive? Like Calabas like yo. Y'all don't judge me right now. <laughs> is Calabasas separate, separated by water or something like that? <laughs> We're not judging you. No, I'm not. No, this it's like, um, it's in, no, but it's right next to Malibu, which okay, is right so, by. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's like, it's expensive because it's California, but it's not more expensive than like the rest of California. But okay. when you get there, it's just like, it's everything you would think it is. Okay. So you oh, have to yeah. come. No, I got to, especially when I'm going to be opening that Newark one. But um, we'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> y'all heard it here first. Don't try to beat me to it, y'all. <laughs> Kika, do not answer their emails. Do not answer right? their emails if they put Newark <laughs> in the subject. I got you. <laughs> no, um, this is this is amazing. So now we're we talking about all the success, right? Yeah. Let's talk about failure. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, sip to failure. <laughs> sip to failure. Oh. It's all good. <laughs> now, failure. What what does failure <sighs> look like to you? Like, what's when you think of failure and you think of um, Kika Stretch Studios, what's failure look like to you? So, yeah, because I started so grassroots, I started with $500, mm. by the way. Um, that's all I had. And so failure has always been my biggest teacher. So... I really don't look at failure like I don't get sad. Sometimes I get mad, but then I get over it because I know, like you said, there's a lesson behind it. Mm -hmm. So as soon as there's been so many failures that I've had <laughs> and yeah, people don't usually talk about yeah. failures. Like, let me go in the grammar, talk about how much my day sucked. Like, I'm really trying to inspire people. But right now, um, the failure part is tied to success. Exactly. And there is just there's just always failures. Um like f just when I f hired my first team members, not 
I remember, <laughs> I remember like, okay, now I have employees. What does that mean if you've never had them? So I did my best to try to manage finances or I have to pay them. Um, and one day my account was like negative, negative, negative and payday for them was supposed to be the next day. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm a failure. Like how can I pay them with no money? Right. But then I'm like, why do I not have any money? I sold. And so then money management became a lesson for me because mm. I didn't grow up with money. Like we didn't. Right. I used to be like, you know, those little um, things in the grocery store for 25 cents. Like, yeah, can yeah, I yeah. please have one next time? And now I think back like, damn, it was 25 cents. Like you can, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so I had to learn money management and my biggest failures came really from that. Then after, once I mastered that, you know, it's another failure, another failure. But when I, when I, when I fail, I'm just like, I get excited because I know like if you master your weakness, that's how you yeah, become yeah. a monster. So it's right. like, I have few, fewer failures now, but the ones that I have, I'm just like building on them currently. So, so how'd you overcome that? I wonder how, how you overcame that specific failure. Which I mean, one? How did you pay them? <laughs> oh, how did I pay them? I f oh, so I actually put myself on the schedule so I, I put out an email because at this point, like I have staff, but they're like, oh, she's the owner. She's Kika, like the birth of Kika. So I put myself on the schedule. I sent out an email blast like tomorrow. I'm putting myself on the schedule more and I'm stretching people. So people got excited like, oh, I get to stretch with Kika. So I used all the money they paid me and then I, it paid the payroll. Oh, fire. You see what fire. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. yeah. That's I use it as like a, a sale. Like Kika's yeah. coming. Yeah. Yeah. Please no. stretch. And I think I said, I'll give you like a percentage off. It was. a Yeah. That was definitely part of it. Wow. If you stretch tomorrow. <laughs> like, so she was like tomorrow. <laughs> Desperate times calls for de desperate yes. measures. So tomorrow I'm a stretch. <laughs> yep. I mean, people don't understand entrepreneurship is like that. You know yes. what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to do what's necessary. And I think a lot of times pride comes into play with a lot of people and they're not willing to come back down to, yes. all right, I got to go back to get rich or die, get rich yes. or die trying mode. Yes. You know what I'm saying? What was I doing in, in the beginning, you know what I'm saying? What was I doing to get the ball rolling? You know what I'm saying? I have to go back to that same ground mode. And I've done that myself. Yeah. And I was to that space where I'm like, you know, before I wasn't doing pop-up shops. Like, I stopped mm. doing pop-up shops for the brand, Cover yeah. My God. Um, but sometimes money get low. People yeah. look at you. They see your stuff everywhere. They're like, yo, yeah. yo, doing, doing this thing. He got money. We going to eat. We going to yeah. eat. And sometimes you got to sit back and be like, yo, no, I got to <laughs> cut back on all of that. Yeah. All of that. I got to cut back on all that. So um, yep. it, it was just like one of the most important journeys for me now. And it's like money management is so important for entrepreneurs because we don't know about it. Yep. Um, we don't know about in the beginning learning about uh, bookkeeping yep. and stuff like that. And, you know, we get a one thing um, that I can tell entrepreneurs now is which is a super important thing is that like, yo, we don't have to celebrate every victory. It's yeah. important that you celebrate victories, yeah. but you do not have to celebrate long because sometimes we get in a space where, all right, cool, weekends off, um, weekends are off now, we going out to eat all the time. Yeah. Um, no. Sometimes there's season where you just got to grind and keep winning. Yeah. Like, but every time you're up, you, we win something good. 
pat yourself on the back, back to work. Let's double yep. up. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of times I think we get into those spaces where we feel the need and desire to always celebrate like everything. Like we got to lock in sometimes. And I'm like afraid to celebrate all the time because I know around the corner is a big obstacle or a big yeah, scary yeah. thing that I'm going to have to deal with. So it's like you have to keep your emotions leveled. Yeah. Because if you get too excited, you'll get disappointed. And if you're too disappointed, you won't get excited. So mm. no matter Bar. what happens, I just sit there and I'm like, I just take it all in. And, you know, you get so excited sometimes you just want to. But I'm just like, and if something bad happens, they'd be like, Kika, you so chill. I'm like, because I can't like let it affect me. Right. Right. No. And that's and, and your emotions are mastering your emotions is so important. And it's so and important. It's um, one big thing that, um, that's important to me to talk about is how did faith play a part in all of this? Like, um, mm. now, um, this whole time, um, how, how is your relation, what's your relationship with, with God been wow. like in this time? It's crazy because as I was sitting in my car to come up here, I was like, this is so like 360 because when I was pregnant with my son, my son's father it was a very bad situation. And I remember like crying, pregnant in the mirror, like apologizing to my son in my belly. And I was like, God, if you get me out of this situation, I'll have faith in you forever. Mm -hmm. And then from that moment on, boom, the light started coming on. Things started happening. Um, and I saw like a way out and I saw like opportunity. And so my whole business, my whole life has been built on faith. Um, I, when I was 10 years old, I used to, I used to think God would be mad at me. Like I used to go to school and take somebody's pencil. We, oh my God, God's mad at me. Like I was very aware of the relationship of right. being a good person and all those things. So as I grew up, I prayed all the time, but at that moment as an adult, um, it was my duty that as I win, have these wins and these successes that I let people know that it is because of God and nothing else so that I stay true to my promise. Like mm -hmm. all these things have happened because of my faith with God and I have to declare it. And that's my purpose. So I was sitting here like, wow, I get to actually say it today on camera. And it was just <laughs> like 360, like, damn, here we are. Yeah. And, and so and that's one of the dope things that when it comes to, you know, uh, the sacrifice and being able to lean into that place of discomfort, um, those moments. But, you know, one of the hardest things, the easy part is we talk about the glory. Oh, we give God the glory. Yeah. But what about those times when you don't hear from mm. God? When you're like, I prayed on this. Yes. I need God to do this. And you don't hear anything. What? And what? What now? <laughs> how does your? I mean, because I think a lot of us never talk. You get about, instant answers because I don't. I don't. No, no. I, don't <laughs> I was get about to say. Answers. I don't remember the last. I mean, only. You know what? I'm not even gonna tell you. This, I'm gonna tell you the story. The only other time I thought I got an instant answer was last week, right? I'm gonna tell y'all the funny story, right? Y'all don't even want to hear this story. I do. I want to hear it. So last week the flooding happened in Jersey. Yeah. Basement. Um, water up to my ankle. Oh, man. I'm like, golly. So I'm like, you know what? Can't cry over this. I'm going upstairs. I'm going to go on the prayer room and go live at night, which I never do. So I went live, talking on there, praying, had somebody come on there. So then I go back downstairs. No water. Stop it. <laughs> no like water. Moses, no like water. It's nothing. <laughs> it's, it's still slightly wet in different spots, wow. but no water, right? I'm like, yo, I can't even tell nobody about this because guess what? They're going to be like, 
He's trying to sell Jesus. Exactly. So I was like, I'm going to be quiet about it. So I see my brother the other day. I'm like, yo, hey, um, like, yo, you know, the, um, I'll tell you about something that happened. I'm telling him about it. Like, yo, water was up to here. It was gone. I thought it was over. He was like, uh, I think the sub pump must have came <laughs> on, bro. <laughs> hey, like, but who turned it on? Jesus turned on the <laughs> sub pump, man. That's what I'm going to say. Jesus turned on the there sub pump. There you go. You see? <laughs> I know. But, yo, um, that was just a moment when I thought I heard from him instantly. I was like, look at God. God be here. You know what no, I'm saying? But that's but how it happens. And, like, you know, it, you know. Source, it's definitely still sourcing to God. I still give you the glory, God. Because it would have sucked cleaning that water up. But um, for you. Yeah. Um, what do I do when I don't hear when an you instant? don't hear from God? So, I, so there was a pastor that I had oh, a few years ago. And he used to always say, like, when times got hard, he would be like, well, God, you brought me here. So you have to see you have to see me out. Right. Like, I when I feel like I'm on this journey because of God and nothing is a mistake. So I'm not supposed to reach failure yet. Or if I reach failure, I'm supposed to overcome it. Um, and so when things get hard and I don't hear from God, I'm just, I'm just, I just sit back and I'd be like, <laughs> and I just wait. And in those times of just sitting back and waiting, the most magical things have happened and they just fell on my lap. Mm. And I'm a true believer. Like I don't ask for much from people right yeah because i expect it to come to me right. if it's meant for me okay. and it's always happened oh, yeah. okay now going into something you said earlier now coming up as a woman who had to be a single parent growing up in a single parent home um and this is something i've never really touched on um what type of masculine energy did that create in you <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Shout out to my husband, Jamar, for dealing with me. Um, <laughs> let's talk about masculine Wow, energy. that's such a great... <sighs> so I don't know. I don't person. I know there's a lot of women like me, but I don't personally know a lot of women like me, like um, leaders of the household and like doing all these things. And yeah. so it's hard for me to like, you know, talk to others about it because they don't understand. Right. But... <laughs> I have to tell myself to chill sometimes because you start to become this lioness and you're like, Rawr. and sometimes it's hard to just be like subtle and like, you know, relax because as an entrepreneur, you're always like, Oh, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. You're always on your toes. So it's, it's a balance and it's also been a struggle because it's just a lot to deal with sometimes. Right. Right. It's just a lot. Um, yeah. You said, what do I do? No, no. How or, is it like when dealing, coming up in that household, coming up like uh, that, yeah. now balancing your ma your masculine and your feminine energy? Because um, have you mastered that yet? Uh, yes, I have. Like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so like when I say balancing it now, because now you're, now you're married. Yeah. You've been married for how long now? Three years. Three years. Um... And how long have you um, known your... Well, not how long have you known... Yeah, from, from, eight years. Eight, eight years. years. So you yeah. got dated for five years? Yeah. And then um, you got married? Yes. Okay. And how old... Or you have, seven years. You have, seven you have a three-year-old? So I have a two-year-old, 12-year-old son, and then my 11-year-old stepdaughter. So we actually three. met when they were like three and four. Oh, wow. So they're definitely... They yeah, have brother and sister close. vibes. Yeah. Okay, that's fire. Yeah. So, so now with your husband, um, 
how does how do you guys balance that <laughs> masculine feminine energy yeah. because it's it's not a conversation a lot of people talk and about. And it's so good that you pulled you brought this up. No, like, because I know what it's like if you've grown up in survival mode your entire life, right? It's so hard to now switch into um you can't switch into something <laughs> that you've never that you've never experienced, which yep. is to grow up in love, you know what I'm saying? Like some people are growing up in two two parent households, and, and that's see, all they've yeah, known. They've seen that. Yeah, you grew up in survival mode. It's always been Hakika as a black woman having to take the lead and deal with so many different um, obstacles and so many people overlooking you because you are a black woman. You are um, a, a black woman in New Jersey, and you're starting a franchise, and you have a company, and people in constant journey of. Yeah. having to overcome that now now you're in math you have to be in masculine mode all the time because you've always had you it's always been you uh making sure everything is good it's always been like if it doesn't it's not gonna happen if hakika does not do it yeah you know what i'm saying and now coming into a space where you have to share that with somebody yep. and let them lead yeah now that's a hard part especially <laughs> You know, I mean, I don't know your situation, but like yeah. sometimes you could ideally you could be the head of the household. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And being the head of the household requires you to step up a, a lot because you're, you're you're being pulled in so many different ways. But in the same token, in order to honor him. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You still have to let him lead. Now he's going to watch this like 18 times. He's going to be that. like. <laughs> <laughs> Preach, Thank brother. you, brother. <laughs> but the, the, the truth is that you do, at some point in time, have to um, let him lead. How, do, how does that look like for y'all? Yeah. So, right. So it's very, it was very hard because everything that you said, like, lead, like, I know how to lead. You know, I could do it all. But then it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> There's another there's another side that you can't feel. And so for me, it was really, um, cause when you're with somebody, you love them, but do you trust them? Right. Not, Oh, I trust he won't cheat. She won't cheat. No. Do you trust them with like your soul? Because a lot of us protect ourselves and we, we just like act out of, um, you know, desperation. So for me, like once I really trusted him, mm -hmm. I was like, it's safe for me to be vulnerable because that's really what it was. Like me masking my vulnerability for the world and realizing I don't have to do that with him or at home. Right. And so I literally, right. Would have to sit down, decompress and be like, dude, it almost like turned into like a whole different, like chill. And so then I was able, you know, I'm able to deal with him, let him lead. But it was a struggle because he'd be like, are you like, what are you, are you crazy? But he's also so strong for dealing with someone like me who's such a leader and this feminine energy. And he's very laid back and chill. But he's like, if you get, you know, he'll be like, what, what's up? I'm like, oh, you know, like that's important for the yeah. woman to be like, okay. <laughs> like, so to, there's, there's Kika, the, the, the stretch, <laughs> stretch connoisseur yes. and then come home hakika the wife yeah and you have to sometimes and it's tough to, to that that transition it's of tough. opening the door and turning off hakika the stretch yeah. leader connoisseur entrepreneur 
French youngest franchiser <laughs> in the United States of America. Um, and now you walk in the door, you got to become the wife and you got to be like subtle and soft. It's tough. And- yeah, it's a tough switch, but it's like it's there. It's just like um, bringing it down a few levels. Mm-hmm. And like because even like everyone sometimes brings their work home. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you've really you can't. So, yes, you'll see Kika flipping pancakes maybe like once a month. Um, <laughs> nah, but yeah. He, does he flip fan, pan, pancakes more than you do? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> um, so it's all about finding finding balance. And we literally had to sit down like, all right, this is what you add to the table. This is what I add to the table. And this is my missing piece. This is your missing piece. Okay, now we're whole. And so just sticking to the things that, you know, we're good at and bringing it together. But it's it's definitely a struggle. But when we have those moments of, you know, like being connected and playing our part, it's like, ah, this is why it's so worth it. Mm. Okay. And how do you guys balance? Now with one thing I'll say, I'll run this back. Therapy. Yes. What about it? What is therapy to you individually and relationally? Yes. So yeah, getting married, you know that you have to do therapy and that was, no, you don't have to uh, do, Oh no, no, you do have to do Mm -hmm. it as, a couple. Yeah, as a couple. But individually. But saying, it's not, you don't have to. Yeah. The average person does not go to therapy to get married. They say, I love you. You love me. We get And that's married. it. So what made you decide that we had to go to therapy? So I actually, and I'm for therapy. Like, it's nothing wrong with that. Um, so my father died. This is another. My father died when I was eight. Mm-hmm. And so that was a whole big thing. Um, and so I had like short, I couldn't, I had no long-term memory. Right. Mm. And so one day I was like, I think like, why can't I remember certain things? So one of my clients was a therapist and I went to him and I was like, I was like, I just want to see what happens. And I told him some things. And so basically he's like, yeah, you're blocking your memory because of your father, because his death. And he like put it all together and he brought up some other things like from um, childhood, like feeling bad for my son because of, yeah, like I felt so bad for my son because his, like the situation was bad and I had to like step away, but I felt guilty and bad. Like, Oh, I'm horrible. And he's like, yo, forgive yourself. Like it's not your fault. And so if I never did that, I would have never been able to like get rid of that so I can get into a situation with my husband and couples. I feel like every even if you're not married, but you want to get married, I feel like you should definitely sit in couples therapy first. Right. Because once you get married, it's like you're dealing with so you're dealing with the person, the family yeah. The fear, the closet, like all this stuff. And you got to put it all out on the table to see if that's really what you and want. How was your husband with with accepting therapy? <laughs> he was like, yeah, you need to go. No, <laughs> he was like, yeah, let's go. No, he was ready for it. He's very open to it. And that's the thing, like finding pe- someone who's open to like what you need. And so yeah. does he have his, he has his own relationship with God? Yes, he does. That's fine. Yeah, he does. Um, but he the church thing is like, you know, that's yeah. a whole nother. Yeah. Organized religion can be. That yeah. Thing, but, but, you know, now, you know, I mean, I'm a person that loves going to church. I haven't been to church since the pandemic uh, mm-hmm. kicked off. But and I found my ways. Online church is great. I mean, yeah. I can't wait to pull up in a church. Yeah. Um, soon, just because I sometimes you need that praise. It's definitely worship, different. Man, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I understand people's um, fear of organized religion. And, you know, I, I must admit, I'm. 
my mind, you know, because of the prayer room, I start to think about like possibly like I'm not saying pastoral. Guys, cut it. All right, y'all. I know you guys got excited for a moment. Look, I'll sign creating up. Creating a space. I will be an usher. <laughs> creating <laughs> creating a space for worship that's, wow. that's so different from organized religion. Oh, my goodness. You know what I'm saying? It might be even pop-up church. You know what I'm saying? Wow. But I don't know. Don't, don't. Wow. Don't get too that invested is such, in that, no, y'all. That is such a good idea. I'm not, I was, listen. You know what? We're going to delete Dune. this part. We're going to delete this, <laughs> this part. We'll not see the if light If you delete day. this part, you got to delete all the other stuff that led up to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. No, no, that. no. Cool. That's, that's, um, um, this is, this is so great. There's so many things I want to touch on. Cause I'm, I'm literally today. Um, I had a list of things that, questions <laughs> that I have for you, but I've like, Luckily, it has been such an organic conversation that I've been able to just freestyle. Yeah. Um, I think the last part in question for you, because I want to make sure that people do get the best, um, not just of your freestyle, I mean, your, your franchising, your um, who, what it's like um, being a, a mom, a, a wife, but mm-hmm. now also having to balance family. How do you balance family life? And business. Because yeah. Because I know that's in itself is a journey. Yeah. People ask me that all the time and there is, there's no balance whatsoever. Yes. So <laughs> when they say, oh, there's, you have to, f-. no, that's a lie. Like every day I just, I'm, I feel like um, it's hard to live in a place where there's no consistency. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, entrepreneurs, that's where we live. Yeah. But it's even more um, heightened when you have kids. Right when you have a husband or a wife. And so every day is a new day and I just do the best that I can. And I'm, I'm really big on like, so if my kids are talking to me, I'll, I'll want to keep texting or like checking my email, but I force myself to put the phone down and I'm like making eye contact because that's how they know like you're, you're into them. Sometimes my son is like, mom, stop working. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And he like, you know, yeah, my oldest, uh, he puts me in check all the time. Like, why you still work? I'm like, you're right. I don't have to. And so just knowing when to shut it off, when to put, so there's like five hats that I wear. So it's like, I'm just changing hats, but there's no balance. Right. And, um, that's so funny. A lot of my mentors, um, talk about that, about the fact that there is no balance when it comes to entrepreneurship, everything is meshed. And, you know, you just, in order to succeed in entrepreneurial, in this entrepreneurial world, you have to make sure that all of them are intertwined with each other. You know what I'm saying? Yep. If you're married, your husband, your wife, they have to be in tune with what's going on. And um, your kids, you know, have to understand what this journey is like, but also sitting them down and having those true conversations yep. about um, about just what it, what it takes to be where we're going to be. Um, and now, um, breaking these generational curses. Now you're in, you're, you're in route to that. You know what I'm saying? You're in that space now. Like, yeah, yeah like, you know, like wealth is yeah. necessary and important. Um, and what do you have, if you had to say anything to any young female entrepreneurs who are looking for an opportunity to, um, to figure out how to get out of that 
what I call curse because sometimes mm-hmm. there's so many women that are just living check to check that are just just above water or barely above water. Yeah. Um, what is some words of encouragement that you would have to for them? Yeah, and it's tough, like especially if you're in that situation and you have children, because you'll just stay in that check to check mind frame because you're like, oh, I have to take care of my kids. I have bills. And when people say I have bills, I'm like, but bills can be paid late. Like, yeah, I, you know, like you can put off a bill for like three months without somebody chasing you down. Right. 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 So I would say don't be afraid to do what it is that you desire to do, what your passion is, what your what you love to do, because life is short and you don't want to die saying, oh, at least I paid my bills. Like right. that's <laughs> bills are important, but they're not important. Um, and so just just take the risk and take the chance, because if you truly believe in yourself and you truly believe that you won't give up, you will succeed. And when you look at how much people are paying you in this little small check, think about how much you can charge somebody for a product or a service and make more. But people are like, my bills, my bills, my bills. And I'm like, that's not, that's a distraction. So I would say take all your resources, <laughs> including your bill money real fast, make it happen in three months and just do what it is that will propel you pay your bills a little bit late because sometimes you have to do that in order to get ahead. Otherwise you're never going to have the resources to get ahead. Gotta take that L to get yeah, that Yeah, you have to take that L. I mean, my son and I took the L many times. He didn't even know the L's we were taking, you know, um, at the time. Yo. My car got, my. I used to live in East Orange and like you have to have permits for all your parking. And sometimes I didn't have a permit. And so I would have to park all the way down the street in Bloomfield. And so I used to get a parking ticket for $40. East Orange. And they towed my car because I couldn't pay the $40 parking ticket. Wow. Like things like that. If I would have gave up like, oh, I got to pay my parking, my bill, I wouldn't be here today. So right, it hurts, but you got to go through it. Yo, this is a current bar for y'all. You can't get to W without passing through that L. Wow. Yeah. Past the yeah. June. See? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to quote you uh, on the gram. <laughs> yo. You can't yo. get to W. <laughs> that's, that's, and the point. W stands for wealth? Huh? Was, wealth. The see? W stands for wealth. Wow. Yeah. Man. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, <laughs> look, man. Um, Last two questions for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you happy? <laughs> no, I'm miserable. No, I'm playing. Um, yes. I'm happy. So happy when I was in Calabasas the last time I'm like walking through the mountains, beautiful scenery. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yo, like if I passed away right now, I would miss my life. Like I would miss, I would miss what I'm going through. I would miss myself because of the relationship I've developed internally with myself. Like I love myself and I would miss it's deep when you say I'm gonna miss myself, you know, like, just that journey, that person that you're on this journey with, right? right? And so I just feel like I've been, my goal was to inspire people. Um, my kids, now my goal is to make sure my kids are good. But I'm happy because I feel like I'm living my true authentic life and I'm just living the way I want to live without fear. Right. So that's why I'm happy. Bye, yeah. Bye, yeah. Um, last question. What makes you an unconventional Christian? 
What makes me an unconventional Christian? Because no matter how far or what happens on my journey, I still give God all of the glory because I know for a fact I wouldn't be here without all of the nights and days of praise of worship in my car by myself, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> writing down a list of all the things I'm grateful for when I felt like giving up. I would just look at the list and be like, it's because of God that I have these things. And so I would say I'm an unconventional Christian because, um, I mean, I'm just, I never give faith to anyone else but God. And I'm just like, you would never think, oh, she's a Christian. Cause I'm not always like, oh, to God be the glory. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I am like more than a lot of people because my whole story is based on God. So. Right. That's what I would say. Okay. Quick rapid five question. Okay. Oh man. That'd be bad. Okay. Um favorite what's your favorite Kika Stretch Studios outside of Montclair? Calabasas. Calabasas. Because <laughs> it's not open. It's not even open yet. Look, it's my favorite. Yep. Oh man. Everyone has a favorite kid. Who's your favorite kid? Oh, what? Mm, yeah, everyone has a favorite kid. Kika, little answer. Kika is my favorite kid. Little Kika, little Kika, is me kid. as a kid. <laughs> you trying to get me, bro? <laughs> Which energy do you identify with most? The most your masculine energy or feminine energy? Masculine. <laughs> Sorry, I know, I know. Um, let's go with. Um, do you like Dondo or Certified Lover Boy? Oh, <laughs> don't listen. I'm a Donda fan. I love it. But after I listened to Certified Lover Boy, I was like, okay, um, I'm going to go to both concerts. But if I had to choose one, it would be Certified Lover Boy. But don't sleep on Donda because that's music. That's true music. <laughs> that is music. And um, <laughs> final question. Um, I'm going to go with these are all off top right now. That's why it's so scary. <laughs> All right. Um, since we're drinking wine and we're right here with um, Black Girl Magic McBride, yes, McBride yes. Sisters. You yeah. know about the McBride Sisters? I know about it, but I don't know them personally. Okay, cool. So if we had to go with your favorite wine, what would be wine. Um, red or white? Red. All right, cool. So this is a perfect opportunity. Mitch, I need <laughs> you to zoom in on this one. Um Get this going. So it's you said red? Yeah, red. Red, perfect. Perfect. So red blend, black girl magic. The red blend from the McBride sisters is Hakika's um pick. So this is our pick of the week. So right good, here, baby. So good. It's good, right? It's real good. I'm a, I'm enjoying it. It's real good. I'm salt. And it's only it's so early in the day, I can't imagine what the rest of my day is gonna look like. <laughs> The Yo. rest of my day looks like this. So that's why I'm like, oh, I'm starting earlier than expected. Right. Yo, Kika, I appreciate you coming on here today. We had an amazing conversation. Yes. Um, I can't wait to connect with you. Um, just in general, man. So much, so many things I have planned and I, my mind has already incorporated you in so many events this year. Yes. So, I um, love it. Let's get it. Um, I still want that usher position too. Excuse me. Um, I don't know what she's talking about. Because that. <laughs> <laughs> that part is not making it on this show but yo um love y'all thank you for coming on another episode of the unconventional christian podcast and we love you god bless yo that was great, that was great. <laughs> yes great <episode. laughs>
Man, you sure know how to 